Welcome to the Forest Grove United Church of Christ podcast. Easter is one of the most significant and joyful celebrations in the Christian calendar, marking the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is a time for reflection, renewal, and rejoicing. This last Sunday, Pastor Brennan discussed an important topic called Christians Like That. tradition, but it's a tra- it was a tradition going all the way back to the early, early church to tell jokes on Easter morning to make fun of the idea that Christ could have been overcome by death and evil. And that idea should be hysterically funny to us, apparently, <laughs> to the early Christians. And we know that joke telling was a a tradition in the early church because they had bulletins even then, too. <laughs> so now is when you're a captive audience for my coll- the collection of Easter morning corny dad jokes that I uh, collected. Uh, so let's, let's see if these go over all right, and hopefully the sanctuary won't be empty by the time I actually get to the, to the message. Uh, did you know, this one's for Janine and other Star Trek fans. Oh, Janine's not here. I already told it to Janine. Did, did you know that Mr. Spock had three ears? No? All right. A left ear, a right ear, and a final front ear. <laughs> so what did the skeleton order when he walked into a bar? A beer and a mop. Who weighs more, Mrs. Mrs. Bigger or her baby? Her baby, because the baby was a little bigger. (laughs) What did the fish say when he hit the wall? Here's one for us in the Pacific Northwest. Damn. (laughs) You know, without geometry, life is just pointless. What did one one eye say to the other eye? You know, between you and me, something smells. <laughs> Almost as much as some of these jokes. <laughs> what did the dinosaur eat after going to the dentist? The dentist. <laughs> All right. I'm, the torture is over. <laughs> <laughs> so this morning we we do hear about the resurrection account. And I want to acknowledge, it's worth acknowledging that really without the resurrection, there wouldn't be any Christianity, for better or for worse. There wouldn't be any Christianity. Without the resurrection, we wouldn't be gathered here today, thousands of years later. We wouldn't be here. So I I want to explore the question, what are we doing here this morning? And what does it mean to be a Christian anyway? And is the definition of what a Christian is even the point? We hear the question this morning from the messenger, why do you seek the living among the dead? I think of the many ways we fall into this trap, this trap of seeking the living among the dead, looking for life 
in all the wrong places. And I remember a story that illustrates this of a young man I knew from a, a past church of mine who went looking for Christ in a particular church. And this, this young, young man called me up when they were in college. They'd been through my confirmation program. And they said, hey, Pastor Brennan, you're going to love it. I'm getting really interested in the Bible again and interested in faith and spirituality. And I found a, a church of Christ, like our church. And uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I met a nice girl at this church and um, I'm going there. And I said, I'm, I'm glad you found a community uh, just so you know, though, the Church of Christ is a little bit different from the United Church of Christ. <laughs> and so just, you know, just heads up, you know, just you might you might notice some different things. And and this young man said, oh, OK, that's, that's fine. And sure enough, a few months later, I heard back from this young man and he was disillusioned. He shared with me, he said, you know, it seemed fun. They have an electric guitar, so I thought they were free thinking. <laughs> they seemed friendly. But after a while, it became clear that being a Christian to them was about being right. And everyone else who thought differently from them being wrong. It became clear that to them, being a Christian was about <laughs> obedience. Obedience to a construct of masculinity. Being a Christian was about seeing privilege and worldly power as blessing and shutting out the very people whose feet Christ came to wash. This young man was disillusioned. My young friend made it clear that after a while of being around this church, it became clear these so-called Christians were about preserving the very same attitudes of supremacy and the very same institutions and attitudes and systems that murdered Jesus. And sadly, I wonder if this is what most people think of when they hear the term Christian these days. Even in our own community, even in among this congregation, I hear some of you and others share with me that we're either afraid to tell people that we're Christian, or we don't feel comfortable with the term at all, or if we do call ourselves a Christian, we have to say it and then offer this long disclaimer about all the things that we're not and all the forms of bigotry and small-mindedness that we are not. Ironic. And I can relate to this as well, of course. But the point of Easter 
The reason why we gather isn't to remind each other that religion is alive in the world. As we gather here this morning celebrating the events of Easter, we're not saying religion is alive. That's not what we're saying. This might surprise some of us, but we're here this morning to remind us that far more importantly is that Christ is alive. Christ is alive and moving through the world. We're offered a very different understanding of what it means, therefore, to be a Christian than the one we get from popular press and the dominant culture these days. The good news of Easter morning doesn't tell us go forth and be Christians, but opens up opens us to the realization, the spiritual realization, that together, when we place ourselves alongside Christ, we are one with Christ's body in this world. Together, we are the living Christ. St. Teresa says we are to be Christ's hands and feet. On Easter, we realize we have the potential to be this body. We have the potential to be part of the body of all the love embodied and moving through this universe. A Christian, I guess, or I'd like to suggest this morning, is someone who says yes to that effort and yes to that wild possibility. And what could be achieved if we all said yes to it. Again, there would be no Christianity without Easter. We wouldn't be here together without Easter. Something happened. On Easter, we learn that a Christian, the Easter definition of Christian, is someone who locates the power and presence of God not on a throne or stuck in a building, a temple, or even a church, or up in the sky, but in places and spaces where love is living and moving and creating the world anew again. A Christian is one who partakes on the journey of restoration and renewal of creation that was initiated by Jesus. A Christian is one who locates the life of God in acts of healing, compassion, justice, and revolutionary love, and sees the face of God in reciprocal, mutual, balanced relationship with other living beings and with the whole entirety of creation until all beings are gathered around the tree of life, until all beings realize our shared interconnectedness and our interconnectedness, interrelatedness with each other and the earth. A Christian is one who sees the presence and power of God seated not on worldly thrones of domination, where lording and hoarding of wealth and power over others glorifies itself, but in the breaking and sharing of bread and resources. The sharing of bread and resources with all beings who through the eyes of Christ are seen as sisters and brothers and relatives. As long as any of those relatives are exploited, and dehumanized or dehumanized. A Christian is one who locates and sees the face of God under every rock and tree and on the faces of those being oppressed and dehumanized. A Christian 
is one who knows God is alive and walking alongside those bodies on the journey to liberation and new life. Is this the definition of Christian that we're used to hearing? I'm not sure, but this is what we hear on Easter. This might be the first time we're hearing that's what a Christian is. By the world's common definition, we might have thought a Christian was the opposite for a minute there, but Easter sets the record straight. And this is the news we receive and are reminded on Easter of what a Christian looks like. On Easter, we remember that a Christian is one who knows God moves in the emergence and calling forth of new life in and through even places of death. A Christian knows God moves in the work of resurrection and replenishing every poisoned and dead liver. In replenishing every patch of depleted soil. In the work of mending every broken body. In the action of saving and sowing every precious seed of new life. And lifting every hopeless broken heart back up off the ground again. A Christian is someone who sees God moving as the new life always emerging. The life and the life that waits for no one but keeps articulating itself anew. A Christian is someone who sees the love that Jesus embodied for us all and has the audacity to say that love is one with the creative power that holds the world together and indeed the whole universe together and is always ushering in a new humanity and transforming the world as we know it into the kingdom of heaven. A Christian is someone who knows and lives by the wild possibility of how that spirit cannot ever be extinguished and knows that it can't be contained by death, but only in the places and spaces where we see love moving and embodying itself. And this is the truth and the life of the living Christ that Mary Magdalene hears tells us about, and it's what she hears about from the messenger of God on Easter morning. When Mary Magdalene goes to the grave and the tomb of Jesus, the messenger of God asks her this question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And Mary Magdalene realizes that Jesus was so much more than Jesus. Jesus was so much more than Jesus. She becomes the first prophet of the resurrection and the mother of the Christian faith. She realizes that Jesus was not just Jesus, but Christ, the oneness of spirit and matter. She realizes in his heart a wisdom joining heaven and earth and how he was inviting us to meet him there in that liminal space. The translator of the Gnostic Gospel of Mary Magdalene, John Ives Leloux, in describing what Mary witnessed, writes of how she fully sees Jesus as the Christ and realizes how Christ, being so much more than the historical Jesus alone, 
is ultimately the incarnation of the possible reign of spirit in the heart of space-time. The manifestation of the infinite in the very heart of our finitude. The voice of the other within the speech of our human beingness. Mary Magdalene hears the words of the messenger and realizes that Christ cannot be contained by the tomb. This Christ cannot be overcome by any form of destruction or death because Christ is the very life and consciousness of the universe revealed as love. And that living spirit is one with the fire and light of the stars that compose that compose our very bodies and is constantly reshaping and remaking the world. She realizes this life, this consciousness, this spirit is literally incapable of dying because it was never born. It always was. It always will be this life. This love, she realizes, cannot die but can only be gloriously transformed. And so she realizes how this life includes all of us. Indeed, it includes the entire web of life. This is the message that Mary Magdalene hears from the angel. This is the Easter enlightenment that makes her the first prophet of resurrection and the first Christian. I guess we could say. On Easter, she brings us the, the same message. We hear it 2,000 years later. Why do you seek the living among the dead? The Easter message that Mary Magdalene brings to us does not tell of a Jesus resurrected to sit on a throne in the sky but a Christ that lives as all of us, saying yes to the resurrection of that life, living within and through all of us, through our actions. And those are the Christians that the world still needs. The world will always need Christians like that. And no matter what they're called, there always will be Christians like that. That's not what we might hear of a Christian being again in popular press or the dominant culture, but the world still needs Christians like that. And that's the message still relevant for us today and the one we need to hear over and over again. So whether you're here every Sunday or this is your biannual trip to church, I'm glad you're here today. Now more than ever, our world needs to hear this question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? We hear a lot of people sounding like Mahatma Gandhi today when he said, I like your Christ, but I'm not so sure I like your Christians. Your Christians are often so unlike your Christ. To those who feel this way, those of us hearing the news this morning have a responsibility, not through our words, but through our actions. Ask the world. Ask those people who've lost hope, why do you seek the living among the dead? To the multitudes calling themselves spiritual but not religious, 
having divested from organized religion for a lot of actually Christ-like reasons. Through our actions, those of us here today have the responsibility to ask, again, through our actions, why do you seek the living among the dead? Our book study group recently read the book, Do I, Do I Stay a Christian?, which addresses the heartbroken disappointment many have with the association the name Christian has, come to, has gained. And this is why in our current times, more than ever, we need to remind each other through our actions why we seek the living among the dead and claim and illustrate resurrection with our whole lives. Because if we try to find Jesus in institutions today, if we try to find Jesus in dogmas, if we try to find Christ in our rigid systems of belief, or in the thought that we are right, or in the museum, in any kind of museum piece dedicated to old worlds passing away, we are most unlikely to find Christ there. Only in proclaiming the great love revealed to us through our actions together will we see the resurrection and the life. Only by being the sort of Christian Mary Magdalene asks us to be will we truly see him. On Easter, she reminds us that though the forces of greed and fear and hatred and chaos and oppression and death. She reminds us that no matter how many times those forces nail love to a cross, Christ lives as all of us who say to that life, I will be your hands. I will be your feet. Make our collective heartbeat with all of our hands joining together, your drum beating a new world into being. Make us your body, and in all those hands join, joining together in that great dance of life that mocks the graveyard and the lies of the oppressors and deceivers of this world, we see the resurrected and living body of Christ. And all those who through their actions ask the question, why do you seek the living among the dead? We see the true Christians. And so on Easter, we get together and we remind each other and we remember the world still needs Christians like that. And so we show up for each other every year, even if we only come on Easter. We remind each other to volunteer our hands, to volunteer our feet, to volunteer our hearts and our voices joining together in the song of resurrection. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and leave your comments below. You can find Forest Grove United Church of Christ on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can email us at podcast at fgucc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Have a blessed day.